I want you to tell them one more time. I want you to say, would you please take the limits off of God? Amen. Psalm 78, verses 40 and 41. In the King James Version, they read, How oft did they provoke Him in the wilderness and grieve Him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. I want to just repeat that. How oft did they provoke Him? They provoked Him. How did they provoke Him in the wilderness? Well, verse 41 says, They turned back and they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Amen. In this place today, God's plan for the children of Israel, we understand. We, we see it now because we're looking back, right? We understand God was taking them to the promised land. They didn't, they didn't understand it. They didn't quite get it. They knew the promise. They understood that there was something better ahead. Are you with me? But what happened was, because they hadn't seen the end, they got frustrated in the process. And the Scripture says that they begin to say, can God do this and can God do that? And can God really do this? And can God, could God, I don't know if God is able to do this. Amen? God's plan was for them to go to Canaan land where everything was prepared for them. It was a land that was extremely blessed, but they had to possess it because of what was there and because the difficulties that they would face. They turned back in their hearts time and time again. We we wish we could just be back in Egypt. We wish it was so much better. Our old life was so much greater, even though they were in bondage. But what God is calling this church to is so incredible. You can be sure that there are going to be mountains and there are going to be circumstances and there are going to be hard times along the way. And so I want us to learn today in the next few moments uh, that it would be very easy for us to follow the faithless footsteps of the children of Israel and get hung up and get uh, stalled out. But I want to challenge you to help me today as we take the limits off of God and His ability. I want to read one more scripture before we're seated. Job chapter 42 and verse 2. Job 42 verse 2. And we had this scripture uh, back at the end of November. A missionary came and we had a great service. And he read this scripture and something happened that night in me. And uh, I really believe that God is doing something. And this, this confirms something that I had been believing for a while. But this is what I want to share with you today. This is what the Scripture says. I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. That's talking about God. I know that thou canst do everything. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, take the limits off God. Because He can do everything. Is there anything that God can't do? Amen. The Bible says He can't lie. But other than that, there's nothing that is impossible for Him. So today, as we go to the uh, to prayer and to the Word of God, I want us to just let that that reality soak into our being. God can do everything. There is nothing that God cannot do. Let's take the limits off of God today. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for what You're speaking into our lives today. We pray, God, that You would help us to receive and God to respond to what You place into our spirits in this next few moments. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.
Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be taking the limits off of God, the God who can do everything. Amen. I I don't know if you understand what they said. They provoked Him in the wilderness. They grieved Him in the desert. And the reason that they did is because they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now that may seem a little strange, but things come whenever we are willing to ask God in faith. Things happen whenever we're willing to believe God. Amen? The Scripture says, He that cometh to God has to first believe that He is. Or I'll even go a little further. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You know what that means? That means that good things happen. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. Uh, uh, The man that sees miracles is the one who is willing to come to God and believe He is a rewarder. Believe that He is good. Believe that He is able. Amen? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God is able. Now, whatever, whatever question you came in here today with, that is the answer. God is able. I don't care what difficulty you, you walked into the building with today. If you're watching us online today, God is able. I don't care what the situation is. God is able. In cancer, God is able. In sickness, God is able. Marriage problems, God is able. Financial, God is able. It doesn't matter what you face today, God is able. And so I want to turn your attention to Ephesians 3.20, which most of you know is probably the verse they'll read at my funeral. Because you've heard it so much, and this is my favorite verse uh, in many respects. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I don't know if you got that, but it says He is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond anything I can think or imagine. Amen. So, I'm trying to get the limits off of God in my mind, and I'm trying to believe God is able. But but what about this? Yeah, God is able for that. And what about that? And and we categorize things that are uh, levels of difficulty, don't we? You know, there are some things that we're like, well, that's like a two. You know, that's no big deal, right? You know, your, your, your kids have things that are, are so big and they're so monumental. And, and then as teenagers, they get these big, huge problems and you're like, that's not such a big deal. And you're, you're thinking it's not such a big deal because, uh, you know, you've forgotten what it was like to be that teenager where it was a super big deal, right? And the teenagers who talk to the little kids, and the little kids are like, I'm having trouble with math. And the teenagers are like, oh, that's not hard. You wait till you get to calculus, right? And so, I mean, the problem that we have is that we forget that that back just not too long ago, what, what was little, amen, to us now used to be a big thing. But the reason that we, uh, we made it through and the reason that we came through is because we just persisted and we, we pressed on and we, we figured it out. So, so here's what I'm trying to tell you. The same thing applies to us spiritually. A lot of times we have trouble with our thinking. And our thinking is mainly, I don't know if God can do that. I don't know if God wants to do that. I don't know if God will do that. And I just want to just blow all of that out of the water today. And I want to tell you that God is able. Now that that's, that's the basis. That's what you have to understand. Now unto Him that is able. 
And the scripture says that the children of Israel provoked, amen, God, because they, they tempted him and they provoked him because they limited him by saying he can only do so much. Amen. So the first thing we have to come to an agreement with in our spirit today is that God is able. Amen. The scripture tells us, ask and you shall receive. The apostle starts with this thought in Ephesians 3.20 and says, now, now unto him who is able. Who is able. Now if you could just stop right there. That's a powerful message in and of itself. Now unto him that is able. The doctor says there's no hope. But unto him that is able. Right. The, 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 the lawyer said you can forget about it. But unto him that is able. Right. Your spouse says it's over. There's no hope. And, but, but God is able. Amen. Amen. I wonder if somebody could hear me in this house today and just settle in your spirit. God is able. I don't care what the situation is. I've got unsafe family members too. God is able. I got financial worries too, but God is able. I, I don't know. I gotta take the limits off of God in my mind and quit thinking that He doesn't want to do, amen, what He said He would do. Now unto Him that is able. Man, I just need to settle it. It just needs to be just done in my mind. I, I, you know, there are some things when I look up and I see the sky and it's blue, I just know the sky is blue. You can tell me it's red all you want. Amen. But if the sky is blue, it's blue. Today it's blue. And so, oh, that, you know, that's all. Uh, truth is, is kind of just uh, what you perceive it to be. No, that's hogwash. That's craziness. You've you got to just accept some things. Quit questioning everything about God. Quit questioning everything in God. Some things you just have to settle. And one of the things you have to settle is what's written in His Word. He is able. I don't care what anybody has told you. He is able. It doesn't matter what Facebook said. He is able. I don't care what you're going through today. He's able. Amen. The Scripture says He's able to do it more than what we ask. Most of what God does is because we ask Him for it. Now you don't ask people for things you don't think they can do. Right? Most of you, uh, you would not ask certain people for money because you know they don't have any. And you would not ask me, uh, you know, to, to, to do something that you knew I couldn't do. You wouldn't be like, hey, uh, Pastor, would you come work on my car? You're just asking for trouble. <laughs> You're asking for trouble. Pa Pastor, would you, you know, and I can figure a lot of things out. YouTube videos, I mean, I'm telling you, I can figure a lot of things out. But, but that's maybe not the person that you want to come and do some of that stuff. But, but I'm talking about, you wouldn't ask somebody, you know, to do something that you knew that they didn't have any uh, business trying to do. We don't ask God for things because we don't believe He's able to do certain things. <clears throat> well, it got real quiet. <laughs> because we, we don't pray like we should. And part of the reason we don't pray like we should is because we really don't believe that He's able. Our relationship with God is kind of a conditional relationship. As long as everything's going well and everything's good, we say our hallelujahs and thank you, Jesus. But, but when times get tough, it's like, oh God, you've got to help me. Oh God, I don't know what else to do. But we should have been talking to Him all along. We should have been saying, hey God, you know, um, what are you going to do about this? <laughs> I don't know what to do, and this is beyond my control, so I, I've already turned it over to you. How are you going to handle this? We have to ask Him. And the Scripture says He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask. 
So whatever you could ask him, that, that's pretty powerful right there. Just, just that. Whatever you can ask him, he's able to do that and more. God, I want you to save my unsaved family. You know what? He wants to save your unsaved family and all your friends. Right. He, he's not, look, he, you're, you're like, God, if I could just win one person on my job to you. And he's like, I want you to turn the whole place upside down. That, that's, that's what God's, see, our thinking is so like, God, if, I don't know, they're really fighting me on this. I'm really struggling uh, to share you and, and to show your love to these people. And I, I just don't know if they really want to accept it. And God's like, I'm about to light them up, you know. And I'm going to turn everybody around them. I'm going I'm to I'm saturate that, that whole place with, if you just keep trusting, if you just keep asking, if you just keep walking in faith, I'm able to do it. Amen. And sometimes we get to the place because we don't see Him doing, amen, exactly what we ask Him to do or exactly what we think He should should be doing, but he is doing. The scripture says, "Exceedingly above, abundantly above all we ask or think." The scripture says, "His ways are above our ways, and his thoughts are above our thoughts." And the scripture says that he is doing these things through the power, according to the power that worketh in us. So, when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, whenever we have the power of the Holy Ghost in our life, it changes things. Amen. Because most of our petitions, most of what we ask for, begin with a thought. So the first thing we settle is God is able. Right. When we settle that God is able and His ability stretches far beyond what we could even reason in our own thinking, then things start to make more sense. Because you don't ask God for something you don't think He's going to do. You think it first, then you ask it. Everyone is going to deal with things in life. There's not one person in here that's going to escape and say, Whoo, I skated through life. I never really had it hard. Never had any hiccups. Everything went right. Everybody always liked me. Nobody ever rejected me. I just, you know, I just went from one good job to another good job. Just everything in life was awesome. Nobody in here is going to be able to say that. Nobody in here is going to be able to say that, that, that everything was smooth, but your thinking is the thing that limits God in your life. And so today, what we're dealing with is we're dealing with our thinking. We're not dealing with God's ability. God is able. You know, uh, somebody asked me the other day, so why, why, don't, why do you think that God hasn't taken care of this yet? Why do you think? I said, I don't know, but I know one thing. I know He's able to. I know if He wanted to, it would be, it'd be done right now. If, if He thought that was what was right, He could handle it in a second. But whenever some people face a problem, they think that God is big enough. They think God is strong enough. They think God is wise enough to see them through. And then other people, they, they, you can't convince them that God is able. And, and, and you know what? There's some people that they're just like that. They're so pessimistic and I just don't know and I don't think God can handle this. And, I just, and they just get, they wear themselves out. Amen. Worrying that God is God able. I don't know if God's able. And I know He can handle that for, for, for uh, Susie, but but I don't know if he can handle that for me. I, I just don't see uh, that God will do that for me. And that's the problem. Some people, you, you can't convince that God is able. Other people, all the devils in hell, can't convince them otherwise. Amen. Hey, I, I saw something the other day, uh, a video of this preacher, and he was saying he was going to stay with the church. He said, yeah, I know there's problems with the church. Amen. I know that there are, there are sometimes divisions or, or, or schisms in the church. And I know sometimes that uh, there, there's a little 
little bit of this or a little bit of that. But you know what? Uh, the, the church is what Jesus bought with his blood. Amen. The church is what Jesus redeemed himself. So he said, I'm going to stay with the church. And his thinking was, it doesn't matter if every devil in hell comes to me and says Jesus isn't able or the church is messed up. I'm going to stick with what I know. God is able. God can do anything. He purchased this church with his blood. He loved us enough to give us his spirit. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask for things. Amen. And 90%, I believe about 90% of our uh, faith's victories begin right here in our mind. We have to believe it. We have to know it. And I know that sometimes we get weary and the Bible says that's why the Bible says not to be weary in, in well-doing, right? Because in due season we will reap if we don't think. But why would that even be in there? Because every one of us is human and we have the tendency to get weary. Every one of us have a tendency, you know, that the thought goes into the heart, the heart transfers it into the spirit, the spirit turns it into faith and faith reaches up and, and grabs a hold of the hem of his garment. If I could but touch the hem of his garment, I heard that there's this Jesus, and I know that there's this Jesus, and I've heard that he heals people, and I don't even have, he doesn't even have to, you know, he doesn't even have to lay his hand on my head. In fact, I'm not supposed to be around him, but if I could just get to close enough to him that I, I could reach up and I could touch the, the hem of his robe, I, I know if I could just do that, I would be healed. And, and that's what faith does. It's the same uh, way that it gets activated in our life. I know that God has done this for this church, and I know God has done this for this family over here. God did, did this for my friend over here. And, and if God can do it for them, God can do it for me. Amen? Some of you think I'm, I'm I'm being silly or I'm being funny whenever I say, God can write a check today and take care of all this. Somebody told one of our people, said, we're not supposed to ask for any money. We're just supposed to wait and let somebody write the check. You know, I'm all about that. That's fine. That's, that's good. We believe that God's going to take care of things. And God can. But, but what I think is kind of funny is, you know, the, the Scripture says you have not because you ask not. Amen. Uh, the, the whole deal that we're, we're not asking for, uh, you know, fortune and fame and luxury. We're just asking to get back to having church at the building, right? And, and so somebody said to me the other day, they were showing me, they, they had shown me this picture, this check that, that somebody just came by their church and wrote. I told you about this. And I got so excited. I was like, woo! They're like, what are you excited? I said, man, that's, that, that's awesome. That is so awesome. And, and somebody said, why did you get so excited about it? I said, because if God can do it for them, He can do it for us. Amen. Amen. If God will do it for them, He'll do it for us. I don't know how God does that. I don't know how God works on people to do that. But He's going to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that I ask, above all that I can think, He is able to do it. Amen. So I get excited when I see, amen, because my faith is going to grab hold of the hem of his garment. If it's going to happen to somebody, it ought to happen to us. If it's going to happen, come on somebody, if it's going to happen to somebody, it ought to be my family. If somebody's family is going to be blessed, I want it to be my family. Amen. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I don't deserve it. But man, God, you've been good to some really low people. And I've got friends in low places, so I'm reaching up. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to receive healing. I'm going to receive strength. I'm going to receive victory. Why? Because I will let my faith believe that God is able. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to, to, to triumph 
in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of His knowledge, uh, the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. Now, you might not have got all of that, but, but He causes us to triumph in Christ. Everything that we are able to do, we're able to do because we stay in Christ. God is able. Amen. Everything that we are able to accomplish, we accomplish because of Him. Amen. Every good and perfect thing comes from Him. We know, amen, that He makes manifest his knowledge by us in every place. He gives us His knowledge. He gives us, amen, His direction if we'll just seek after Him, if we'll just let Him lead us. And I don't know about you, but my prayer this year so far has been, Lord, just lead me. God, I just want to be in Your presence. I just want to be where the move of God is happening. I just want to be able to know that You are near in everything that we do and every decision that we make. And the Scripture says that it, that kind of thinking causes us to triumph in Christ because every place we go that we seek to be like Him that we want to be more like Him and we want to be in His presence everywhere that happens we triumph Amen we have victory in Jesus Hebrews 4.2 says for unto us the gospel was the gospel preached as well as unto them now get this but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it so it's it's fine if I get up here and I preach and it's good if I get up here and I try to build your faith and tell you about Jesus and what he is able to do in your life but you can leave this place and nothing be any different right that's what the Scripture says right here. It says that you can leave this place today. You can say, oh, that was a good message. Man, Pastor was on fire today. Pastor was really preaching. Pastor, man, that was great. Just, you know, keep that up, Pastor. But that's all fine and good. But then if you leave today and nothing changes, you did not mix it with faith. And in other words, you're like, well, you know, God is able for Ted and God is able for Anthony and God is able for John but I don't know about you know God is God God is able yeah yeah God is able yeah maybe in the far off distant future God is able but if you mix it with faith and you start saying you start putting it in your situation God is able oh man this week yeah God is able that, that situation that I've got to deal with Tuesday, yeah, God is able. Oh, that person that I'm going to have to talk, God is able. I don't know. I don't know how He's going to do it, but He's able. Right. And when you start applying that and you start mixing that in faith, and, and what you're really doing is you're taking the self-imposed limits off of God. You know why some people don't get victory in their life? It's not because God doesn't want to give them victory. It's because their mind keeps them from the victory. I'm, uh, it's really quiet. It's, it's almost like we're in a Baptist church today or something. But, you know, the thing is, this is how, this is, we're, we're apostolic. We believe in miracles. We believe in signs. We believe in wonders. You say, well, pastor, that, you know, that's good. That's, that's fine. But, you know, we, can we just do it calmly? No. No, because faith that, that activates something in my spirit. Faith activates something in our person that says, you know what, I can't sit still and be quiet. And the, 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 the blind Bartimaeus was coming down there and he said, hey, it's Jesus coming. And he goes, hey, Jesus! <laughs> Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Faith, when faith gets activated, you can't just sit around, hmm, yeah, I, I believe. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to call out denominations specifically. I'm just saying, in general, most people are like, oh, yes, God is good. Yes, he's good. 
But we're different. The reason we're different is because he's placed his spirit inside of us. And with his spirit inside of us, when somebody says, hey, God is able. Something needs to activate in your spirit that says, oh, yes, he is. Amen. God is able. Oh, yes, he is. When somebody activates that, they say stuff like, amen. That's right. I believe it. And you know what happens? You start actually taking the limits off of God. And something starts to happen in your spirit. And you start believing that God is able. And because you believe that God is able, God says, hey, there's no limits on his thinking. There's no limits to what I can do. I'm ready to act on his behalf. He's, he can do more. Uh, he, then I can ask. Then I can think. And so when I get to that place where I start asking, he says, watch this. Watch this. You, you just ask for a little, but I'm going to give you a lot. You ask for something, I'm going to give you all. I wonder if somebody in this place would start taking the limits off of God in your mind right now. God is able for me. Oh, yes, he is. God is able. You say, what is God able to do? It, it really, there's no limit. Amen. There's no limit. The scripture tells us in 42.2 of Job, he, God can do everything. That means God can do healing. Amen. Amen. Uh, you, you say, well, Pastor, have you prayed? Have you ever prayed for somebody and the healing didn't come right then? Yep. Come on. Mm-hmm. Have you ever prayed for somebody and the healing came right then? Yep. Why God chooses to heal some people instantaneously and other people days later or not heal them as far as I can see I don't know. I don't know. But I know He's able. Because I've seen Him heal people. Man, I have seen Him do it. And even if I hadn't seen it, I've read it in His Word that He's able. I I take Him at His Word because His Word says that He's able and that He wants to heal and that He took stripes upon His back for my healing. So guess what? I just believe God can do healing. Cancer? God can do... It doesn't matter. God can do it. Does he do it like I? No, that doesn't always. That, that, that doesn't happen like I want. Sometimes doesn't happen like I believe it's going to happen. But guess what? He's able. Amen. You know what? Here's the thing. Some of us, we. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be real personal. Okay. There, there are some people among us that are dealing with things that are so serious that unless God intervenes, there's not hope for them. Right. And so we've got to get to the place where we say, you know what? God is not just able for everybody else except one or two people. God is able for everyone. Cancer, you don't have any power over God. Cancer, you have to bow down. Fear, bow. Right now. That's what we have. God is able. So when we say God is able and our thinking starts saying, hey God, you're able. Cancer, just bow down. Just, just bow down right now. Because He already took stripes on His back. And I receive that healing right now in the name of Jesus. I'm not accepting anything less than healing. Amen? I won't receive anything less than healing. He's already paid for it. And so, right now, in Jesus' name, I receive His healing into my life. Why? Because He's able. And I'm going to ask Him for it. I'm going to ask Him. If He said to ask, and I would receive. Amen? Seek, and I would find. Knock, and the door would be open. Can He do the Holy Ghost? Oh yeah. Some people are like, I don't know if the Holy Ghost is real because I've never actually been able to receive the Holy Ghost. That's not His fault. It's not His fault. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost. Man, He's like an anxious dad on Christmas morning. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost. 
He's excited. He's got it ready for you. He want all these just he said, look, just turn everything over to me. If you'll turn it all over to me, there you go. I'll give you this gift. This gift that'll change your life. And you say, some people say, well, I don't know if the Holy Ghost is for me. The Holy Ghost is for all of them that are afar off. And that includes all of us. It doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican or Mexican or American or German or Scandinavian. None of that matters. It really doesn't matter to God because the Scripture tells us that all uh, nations, all uh, languages are going to come. And they're going to, amen, they're going to bow down before Jesus Christ. He's wanting all to be saved. The Bible says He's not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. So when you start praying for God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, you are praying God's will. When you pray for somebody in your family or friend to receive the Holy Ghost or to be touched by the power of God, you are praying, amen, according to God's will. Sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes it's selfish. We want them to be saved for us. We don't want to be without them. We don't want to... Come on, let's be honest, right? But what needs to happen is we need to move into a different dimension where we're not just, well, God, I hope you'll save so-and-so because, man, it would be awesome for me if they were saved. Well, I just hit a nerve because y'all got real quiet. What happens when we start praying for people because it's what's best for them? I love them so much and I know the best thing for them, not for me, but for them would be to be filled with God's Spirit. For them to be changed by God's power. That would be the best thing for them. And so that's what I want for them when we start praying. That's according to God's will. Amen. That is His will that they be saved. That that is His will that they be filled with His Spirit. Can God do uh, deliverance? Yeah. Absolutely. How many in here you used to be bound by drugs or alcohol or tobacco? Anybody? Look at that. All over this place. But you know what? Those things don't hold a candle to God. God is able. Amen. Those addictions, they usually came about because we were trying to feel that longing that was in our soul. Amen. For more. We were trying to, to, to self-medicate. Amen. And take care of things that, that, that only God can feel in our life and only God can take care of. But God is able, even when somebody's bound by a chemical and even when somebody's bound by an addiction, God is able to deliver them. Amen. Yes, you can do all the step programs that you want, but somebody in this house. Amen. You need to hear me. You need to know that God is able to deliver. It doesn't matter what you're addicted to. It doesn't matter what has power over you. God is able. And He wants to deliver you. Can God do miracles? Well, yes, He can do miracles. There's no doubt that He can do miracles. The greatest miracle of all is salvation. But even beyond that, whatever miracle that you need, amen, as long as it's according to His will. Somebody said, well, I wish He'd just drop a million dollars in my lap. That that would be a miracle, right? I believe you can do miracles. Come on, God, you can do it. No, some some things, the Scripture says we ask amiss. We're we're asking, it's like it's outside of the will of God. We ask for our own uh, desires. We ask for our own... And God's not going to allow us to have something. He's not going to give us something as an answer to prayer that will push us further away from God. Right. Now, some things are not good for us, and he finally, after we like you know, butt our heads into the wall, just determined we're going to have it. He finally said, "Okay, I'm not going to fight you on this." And and he'll, if you want to walk away from God, if you want to move yourself away from God, God will allow you to do that. But in His mercy and in His grace, He makes it hard for you. 
Got real quiet. In His mercy and grace, He makes you miserable because of things that happen in your life. You know, those relationships that you thought were going to fill, they don't feel like they, they should have. That, that job that you thought was going to be the answer and it was going to be awesome and everything, it, it doesn't ever become that. And those, those things that you thought you had to have, and once you had those, guess what? You just had to get more. Why? Because those things aren't what you were looking for. Those things aren't what you really need. And God knows what you need. And so when you push to have the things that He knows you don't need, He's going to allow you to have it sometimes, but He's not going to give it to you as an answer to prayer because that's not according to His will. But miracles? Oh yeah, God can do miracles. We've seen God do miracles in this church. We've seen God do... We're in a miracle, folks. Amen. I, some people say, oh, well, you know, I don't know. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I, I don't know if that has registered with some of you yet, but the parameters then of our thinking become the limitations for God. Where are the boundaries of your thinking? Where are the lines drawn? Well, God can, He can do this, but only up to a certain point. And then over here, whew, I don't know. Right? How many of you, come on, be honest. How many of you, you've got that. You've got that thinking right now. Well, what we're trying to do here this week and in the next few weeks is, is get to the place where we're like, you know what? God is able. The devil's not big enough to stop my God. Come on. Amen. Amen. Circumstances aren't big enough to stop my God. There's nothing wrong with, with our apostolic doctrine. There's, there's nothing wrong with our separation from the world. Jesus went to Nazareth. He read from the, the, the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah said he was coming. And, and he said, I, you know, Isaiah said he's coming. But, but he said, I stopped by here to tell you that I am the Messiah. I am here. I am the one. Amen. And the Scripture says after he got up and preached that wonderful message, man, you'd think, right, if Jesus stopped by your church and Jesus is like, hey, look, I'm going to read the prophet Isaiah and talk about all the good things besides me. Oh, by the way, that's me. I'm here. What do you need? You know what the Scripture says? The Scripture says that he couldn't do any notable miracles because of their unbelief. And that means that he was perfectly able, but they limited him by not believing that he was able. Whew, that's pretty serious right there. That means that I have the ability to limit God. So what can God do? Only what I believe he can do. What can God do in my life? Only whatever capacity that I give him can he do. Because when I start giving him more capacity and I believe that he is able, I will ask him for things and he will do more and is able to do more than I can ask or think. Are you with me? I know that's a little deep, but I'm almost done. The reason that they couldn't do, he couldn't do any mighty miracles was because of their unbelief. They said, is not this just Joseph's son? Is not this just Valley Station? I mean, it's, come on, it's just all, uh, old... Uh, church we bought and we, you know fixed up. God, God's not able to do. God is able to do something in this church. God is able to do something in this community. God is able to do something in our lives and in our families. Amen. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the devil. It wasn't sin in Nazareth. It was their lack of belief. It was their thought life. They're they're limiting God by saying, "I don't know if He's able to do that." 
The only chains on his hands are the way that we think. Matthew 16, 18, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is God telling Peter here? What is, what is Jesus sharing with Peter? He's saying, Peter, I, I'm going I'm to give you something. You, you just revealed that you understand that I am the mighty God in Christ. You, you just revealed that, that you understand that I am the Almighty in the flesh. And so, because you have revealed this, this is what I'm going to share with you. He said, you are Peter. Now, I'm not going to get into names and, and terminologies and all the Greek and all. I'm not getting into all that today. But he said, I'm going to build my church upon this knowledge. Now, what is the knowledge? Not, not just Peter said, you know, uh, some people think that Jesus was building the church on Peter, Right? That's not true. He said, upon this rock, the rock that he was talking about was Peter's understanding of who God was. Are you with me? Whoo, something getting ready to happen in here. Y'all are not ready. It's like, you know, the mind-blown emoji is going to go all over this place. Why? Because sometimes we think that that God is, is, He's he's good and He's he's great and we we put these limits and these barriers on Him. But what Peter said is, Peter said, look, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Basically, he was saying, you are the mighty God in flesh. You are the Almighty and there is nobody like you and you are standing right here in front of me. And you know what Jesus said to him? He said, and you're Peter. And on this knowledge, on this rock, Peter, of knowing who I am and what I'm able to do, I am going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail again. The gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. Did you get that? I'm going to build my church. When the church gets the understanding of who I am and what I'm able to do, I'm going to use that knowledge and I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell don't stand a chance. They will not prevail. They may try to crash in. The devil may try to bring everything in the kitchen sink. He may try to bring every circumstance against their life, against their family, against their church. But guess what? This is my church. And if my church will get back to the understanding of, come on somebody, of who I am and that I am able to do exceeding abundantly above all they ask and think the gates of hell shall not prevail God can do everything come on somebody say it God can do everything we got to know that he is able we got to know that he wants to do it for us amen so we've got to think bigger and I'm closing we've got to think bigger and we've got to think better Amen. I'm challenging you. I, the last few minutes here, I'm challenging you. Some of you, I know that you, it's just been a struggle just to get to this point. Amen. But I, I, I preach pretty hard today. I preach pretty straightforward. I, I'm hoping that you don't miss what I'm trying to say. If we can change our thinking, if we can adjust our thinking, amen, to the fact that God is able, anything is possible. Anything is possible. I'm so thankful for people that come up to me. I had a lady come up to me, a longtime member of this church, and she said, God gave me a dream. God gave me a dream that somebody's going to come and they're going to they're gonna pay off this church. I said, thank God. Amen. I don't know if she was eating pizza before she had the dream or not, but that's, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. You say, well, Pastor, what do you say? Are you saying that, that God is No, I know God is able. That's why I said I'll take it. I receive it. You say, well, I don't know, Pastor. That that seems like an awful big stretch. Why? 
Why? There's, there's churches and denominations, false religions, cults that are being funded all around the world like that. Why shouldn't the truth be preached? Why shouldn't the gospel go forward? Why shouldn't those who care about what Jesus thinks about our lives and about what Jesus thinks about this lost and dying world, why shouldn't we be funded? Come on, somebody. Amen. God is going to do above all we ask to think. So we've got to think bigger. And we've got to think better. Amen. We've got to figure out some of these things in our mind and settle them today. So I want you just, just I'm, I'm just about done, but before I finish, I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to start thinking, what is it that has challenged your thinking? Has it been a sickness, a disease? Has it been a financial issue? Is it something that has come against you on your job? Is it a family matter? Is it maybe just the stress of, of, of you know, the church and everything that's going on with the church and knowing that there are, are people sick and hurting and all this stuff that weighs heavy on you? Is it just things that you're dealing with personally in life? What is it that's challenging you right now? And I want to challenge you to change your thinking. I want to challenge you just for a moment to take the limits off of God because it takes a willing spirit in our heart. It takes a willing spirit in our life. Some of you, you've got family situations that you think they are impossible. There is no way God is going to move there. I'm telling you right now, the devil's a liar. Some of those people you think they have no interest in being saved, God is getting ready to turn their life upside down and they're going to be asking you, what's this Holy Ghost thing about? Come on, somebody. You think that God is not, God's going to turn things around. God's going to turn things upside down if you'll just trust Him and believe that He is able. The New Testament church was a powerful force in the earth. The apostolic church of the last day is going to be much the same way, but only if we can adjust our thinking. Peter, upon this rock, upon this knowledge, upon this understanding of who I am and that I am able. I'll build my church. Jonathan and his armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14, they took on a whole garrison of the Philistines. And the reason that they did this was because Jonathan knew that God was able. Nobody in their right mind, I mean, I don't want to fight two guys, let alone a hundred guys. Right? And Jonathan's like, hey, dude, me and you, we got this. There's a hundred guys up there. Let's go take them out. Why? You only do that kind of stuff when you know that God is able. And some of the time I think we have limited God because we we only take on things that we know we can do. Well, Pastor, I'm just trying to be realistic. Well, quit being so realistic. Quit, quit, Quit being so bound by just our regular thinking and start thinking God is able. There are unsaved spouses that... God wants to save in 2019. There are unsaved family members that God wants to save in 2019. I I don't know why I'm hitting this so hard. It's not even in my notes. But I'm telling you, there there are things that God wants to do this year that are going to blow your mind. But it's not going to happen if you go through 2019 the way you went through 2018. What's got to start right now is that we got to take the limits off of God. we got to, we, we got to adjust our thinking. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know that you're able to do it. And I know that you want to do it. Amen. There's no army that's a problem for God. There's no situation that's a problem for God. And I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. 
I, I'm going to see things in my life in 2019 that I've never seen before. Jonathan and his armor bearer, they were the ones, the first ones to go. So what I'm asking God to do in my life and in my family is help me to be the Jonathan and the armor bearer so that we can lead the way. And then what happened was the, the rest of the Israelites, they came out of hiding. They're like, oh, if God can do it for them, He's going to give us the victory. I, I, I don't care if I have to be the leader, if I have to be the one to step out. I want to just, God, I want to challenge my thinking. I want to challenge the ways that I believe for so long. And I want to allow you to do something, amen, that is unprecedented. I want to take the limits off of you. I, come on, somebody. I need somebody to challenge me. I need somebody to step up and say, God, you're able. I will lead you to do this. Would you stand with me? What have you been fearing? What have you been dreading? What has made you anxious today? What, what did you come in here today? Well, God, I don't know. Whew. Not sure. God, I'm just not convinced. We know that nothing is too hard for God because God can do everything. God is able. So one more time before you do anything, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell him that God is able. So today we're going to move in faith. We're going to move in faith and we're going to ask God to help us as we take the limits off of Him. So today, this is what I want us to do. And, and I know this is going to be a little different, but I want you, if you would, I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come up to this altar. And whatever you have limited God with, I want you to begin to start just saying, even if you can only say it out loud, you might not even completely believe it yet. I want you to say God is able. If it's an unsafe God is able to save such and such. God, you will save such and such today. God, you will save such and such this year. God, you will turn this situation around. You are able. Come on. I, I want you just to step up here. Amen. Come up as close as you can. Make room for as many people as you can. And I want you to just start challenging your thinking and say it out loud. God is able. God is able. God is able. Come on. If you challenge your thinking, you take the limits off of God. God's going to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask to think today.